Hello and welcome to the Undead Wookiee podcast episode number 52, Dead Shack from 2017. Hello, I am your host Hugh Lloyd. Like I said, this is episode 52. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. Now, just to remind everyone, you can find The Undead Wookiee on SoundCloud and on iTunes. If you want to leave us some five-star review on iTunes, that would be absolutely wonderful. Also, don't forget, you can go to the GoFundMe page for my short film and leave a small donation. My short film is called School Hall Slaughter. Um, it's an 80s-inspired slasher, so if you want to find your way over there, leave us a small donation. Every little bit helps. Um, got some exciting news about that coming up, and I'll be talking about that in further episodes. <laughs> Before I introduce my very, very special co-host on this episode, let's check out the trailer for Dead Shack from 2017. Hey kids, I got something for you. Quentin, Alicia, time for breakfast. Guys, who's excited, huh? Camping trip? Going to a cabin? We're gonna act like rednecks or people who don't trust the government? What's up, Jay? Not excited? Not really the camping type, Mr. Slade. We need to toughen up a little. Start with the power five, you know? Let's see, power five, like this. Come on, come on. Power five, like that, we'll work on it. This place looks like a murder cabin. Yeah, seriously, Dad? It's the cheapest place that I could find on Craigslist, all right? I'm gonna explore, are you two coming? Sure, we'll go. Yo, check it out. This would be good for LARP camp next week. Hey, dungeons and dildos, let's keep moving. Guys, this is private property. Sweet. You scared of guard dogs or something? Hi, can we please go? Shh. you're saying is that our neighbor is a cannibal. Yeah. We gotta go then check this out. Hello? Oh! Oh, I think when the blood's black, there's no going back. Okay, so what now? Let's gear up. It was a Welcome back. I am joined, making his debut on this show, by the one, the only. Now, you may know him as Alt Movies, but to his friends, it's Mr. Darren Hall. Hello, Darren. How are you, sir? Hello, Hugh. I am very well. How are you? I'm all right. I understand in the great tradition of this podcast, you're now what's pulling what's known as a leaton. 
Yes, I am. I have a cold and I am slightly hungover. So, yeah. <laughs> See, when he, even he's not here, he's here with us in spirit. Yeah. And when cool. I say spirit, I mean vodka. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is this your first time on a podcast or yeah. is it, yeah, so you're, yeah. wow. Start top. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I was about to say you, you, you damned fool for choosing this one to start with. Yeah. No, I am a, I am a big fan. I'm a big fan um, of your style and the movies that you review and uh, the guests that you have on. Oh, um, thank you very are much. Obviously, brilliant. <laughs> thank you very much. I'm quite flattered. Usually, we don't get that kind of praise. Usually, it's some mild sarcasm or drunken ranting from Mr. Winston. But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, we are talking Dead Shack from 2017. Now. I compl- this this one originally missed me out, and uh, you brought this one to my attention. So, first up, where did you sort of come across this one? So this is as you might have picked up from my um, Instagram. I kind of try to watch films where I know absolutely nothing about them. I hate spoilers, trailers, uh, reviews, anything like that. I just like to go in as as blind as possible. Um, so every aspect of the movie is a complete surprise um and i also collect soundtracks on vinyl um and i came across the soundtrack first which has the wicked um poster art on it and it's pink and it's on pink vinyl and it's just really cool um so I, i bought the vinyl and from the vinyl i got a download code uh and i just listen to the soundtrack over and over again i just got really into it and then just thought well i should probably watch the film (laughs) (laughs) now i've listened to the soundtrack so many times and um yeah and i just i watched it knowing zero about it and it just kind of blew me away um i was surprised that so much could be done um on such a small budget it's a really, really cool movie. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, and I think this is the sort of, um, you know, this, for me, kind of sums up the sort of um, the Kickstarter indie film generation where um, this, you know, it, it's it's very, very well shot, and we'll get into that, get into that in a bit more detail later on. Um, but with the, with the, you know, the, I think the budget for this... Um, was if i can uh, dig it out it was it was micro budget this sort of um and i did have it written down on my notes i'll come back to it in a second but it is a you know tiny tiny budget but they've spent the money incredibly wisely on this it's um you know from the soundtrack to the fantastic aerial shots in this oh yeah the the drone work on yeah. this i mean i think drone use of, of like filmmaking and it's like kind of transformed it because for little cost you can make breathtaking visuals i mean the start of the movie where they're just going over the streets getting um you know getting the the picture of where we are yeah yeah it just looks fantastic with the music in the background um yeah it's just and that mustn't have cost very much to do yeah and that, and that's the thing now isn't it is that it is actually sort of filmmaking a sort of in the past was it, it was almost sort of exclusive in terms of 
um, the technology that you needed to be able to get very, very complex shots. Um, that's no longer a barrier. And sort of, you know, filmmakers are able to sort of, particularly the sort of the smaller end of the market, are now able to get really, really complex, really, really good shots and really, really good um Good, you know, incredible visuals for very, very little money. And this is a great example of that. I think it's, you know, it's a great, great, great film. And, um, I mean, let's look at the, you know, let's, let's dive straight into it. I mean, it was, um, it was released 2017. Um, it was directed by uh, Peter Rick. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, it was written by Phil Ivanovich and Davilia LeBlanc along with Peter Rick. Um, it stars Matthew Nelson Manhood. That's a great yeah. name. <laughs> that is a, that is a great name. Um, Lizzie Boys, uh, Gabriella Labelle, uh, Lauren Holly. Now that's a fairly big name for a small budget film like this. Of course, Lauren Holly was in um, Dumb and Dumber, um, yeah. and is very you know what women want. Picket, you know, she did a lot of TV. She's a very well known actress. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they blew the budget on her. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think it's fair to say that uh, a lot of the pennies went on her. Um, you have Donovan Stinson, uh, Valerie Tien, uh, Taylor St. Pierre. Oh, you can tell this is a Canadian film. There had to be a St. Pierre in there somewhere, didn't yeah. there? Um, Brian DeMore, uh, Ralph Kapinski, Sean Robert McLean, um, and, uh, I think it's fair to say is June B. Wild, uh, who plays the waitress, which I think is a great scene. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a great scene. Uh, yeah. It is a great scene. So, Wait, so obviously, did you watch this on, uh, so did you watch it on Shudder? Because this, this, this sort of predominantly uh, been avail- made available via Shudder, which, yeah. which is a great little, I love Shudder, it's great. Yeah, it's wicked, it really is. I've got the, um, I, I got the DVD now, um, I'm waiting for the Blu-ray to be released in the UK. I was tempted to import it, but yeah. <laughs> I kind of held back because it will, it will come out over here, so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, that's how much I like it. But yeah, initially I, I, I shuddered it. Yeah, and I mean the, um, I mean this film runs at about, I think it's about 85 minutes roughly, um, and it flies. It, yeah. It doesn't slow down at all. It really, really, really gets going. Um, is it perfect? No, I don't think it is perfect. I think there's, you know, I think we'll come on to some of like the, I think sometimes yeah. the tone um can be a little off yeah at times but then that's what you kind of you kind of get with this don't you you get sort of um you get a few you get you do get a few clunkers in this however yeah. um i love how this has this brilliant um you you can see its inspiration is all up on the screen yeah yeah you it's know. one thing that struck me as well about the short runtime is how they managed with this budget to develop the characters so well in such yes. a short period of time. I mean, you care for them almost instantly. Yeah. And, I mean, that is really impressive to do that in such a short period of time in a horror comedy as well to, you know, if you think of like the walking dead, it takes episode after episode of grind, I think grind to... is the right word actually for yeah. uh, the Walking Dead. I kind, I know it sounds awful, but I've kind of given up on it. Well, it's kind of. I think the way I view it is, I kind of I push through the first five episodes of a season, knowing <laughs> that it's going to build up to a, you know, a, an ep- an epic finale. Um, but yeah, the I think for about the last 
three at least seasons, the first five to six episodes have just been, come on, yes, please. Yeah. But then you get to the end and you, you're thirsty for more. Yeah. Um, which is the, uh, the kind of the skill of writing television shows, isn't it? The cliffhanger. But in terms of Dead Shark, short movie. And like I said, so quickly you're invested in these characters. And uh, I thought that was really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, one of the things that I, like for me, we were talking, you, you could see the influences of this film all over. And I think, you know, from films like The Exterminator, from, you know, Lauren Holly's outfit, um, yeah. which I love The Exterminator. It's a great film. It's got one yeah. of the best decapitation scenes ever, <laughs> ever um, to, you know, it's got that sort of uh, Night of the Living Dead um, hold up in a sort of, you know, ho- you know, the, the survival horror that in the shack in the middle of nowhere is yeah. definitely, you know, it, it, it sort of blatantly wears its evil dead um, heart on its sleeve um you got the sort of you know there's you know the silly montage scene where they they're gearing up it's all <laughs> there it's all there um yeah. even down to like you can even sort of say about the like the um the blue um the blue tinges uh of the of the zombies in this is that um it has that touch of dawn of the dead as well too. yeah yeah i i thought as well were they locked themselves in the house? I know we're jumping around the, the timeline, but were they shut themselves in the house? Uh, I thought that was a nice... I wasn't expecting that to happen, and I no. thought that was a really good piece of work um, to turn it on its head like that. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think that's... And again, I think this sort of... I think the, the writing for this film is very, very good because it keeps it very, very tight, very, yeah. very fast-paced. Um, but it does have some nice turns in it. Um, I think possibly, and we'll, you know, we'll, we are jumping about, but, and we'll come on to that. There's probably one too many turns, turns tonally. But those, the way in which that the story develops and moves, and, you know, if you think about sort of Lauren Holly's character, she's not actually on the screen for an awful lot of time. No. Um, but, um, she's, you know, she cre- she's created a really really menacing figure and i think it's in terms of sort of horror which always gets a bit of a bad reputation for not having um particularly strong or sort of um striking female villains um i think she is one of the one a great uh horror villain yeah yeah without doubt you know so yeah she is kind of so emotionless yeah, uh, yeah, about the whole thing that it's it's like super creepy. Yeah, she is really really creepy in it. Um, I mean, the characters in this are very you know are are front and center, um, yeah. and they sort of um, and it's very sort of. Um, I think you know when you read some of the criticisms is that they you know some of the characters are not particularly likable. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's a sort of a, a fairly valid point, but actually. For me, it's one of the things that I quite liked about this because some of them seem very, very real. Um, yeah. Because not everybody is sort of uh, is particularly likable at all times, <laughs> and, you know. And I think, um, particularly, I think Donovan Stinson, uh, who's playing the father, um, is he does such a great job of oh. playing that sort of middle-aged man, try single father, trying to sort of. 
do the right thing, but desperately wanting to be the cool parent, but at the same time, desperately not wanting to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. I just think he's such a brilliant character as well. He's got some belting lines and, um, he's just get, for me, he just made me smile like just a wry smile whenever he was on screen. It yeah. was just, I just loved that character. I just, from the, like the power fives to trying to wind up the waitress and stuff like that. I just, yeah, I just kind of thought he was really brought it together. Um, I think acting wise, it was pretty tight for its budget and, and a lot of first timers as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but I thought, uh, Colin, and Lisa kind of let it down a bit. They were a bit overacted, bit little bit overdone, a little bit forced. Yeah, and I think Lisa kind of sort of treads a very very fine line between Asian stereotype. Yeah, and yeah. Colin sort of thought, you know, you can see where his inspirations come from, um, and you can see the type of you know, he, he, it's that sort of. Um, the the super bad school yeah. of being the lovable dick. Yeah, um, yeah. What kind of misses that? Just off, just yeah. off. He's just off. Um, I think you know. Um, Matt, uh, you know, we'll mention it. Matthew Nelson Manhood as um, Jason. Yeah. Um, he gives a sort of um, uh, what's his name uh, from? It's almost like uh, Zombieland esque. Kind yes. of performance. Um, what's his name? Oh God! I think he said Mark Zuckerberg. It's not Mark Zuckerberg. J- Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, because he played Jesse. Mark Zuckerberg, didn't he? Um, but yeah, he gives that sort of Jesse Eisenberg uh, feel to it, um, and he's got that sort of sensitive, overly, over, highly strung character. Yeah, um, and and I think he works. He plays really, really well in this. Um, I was impressed with him. Yeah, because originally, um, in the kickst, in the proof of concept short, it was one of the kids from, um, Stranger Things. Yeah, they were, originally, they were going to use much younger kids, and, um, just wouldn't have worked, I don't think. It would have given it a much darker, um, a much darker sort of spin if they'd been much younger. Yeah. I I think it's, you know, very similar to sort of, um, what they did with, um, uh, oh, what the um, with Argento wanted to do with Suspiria, where yeah. he wanted to um, use children in the ballet school, and they were like, "No, you really can't do that." Oh God, can you imagine? <laughs> it would have taken it to a, a whole new level. Yeah. Oh, it's bad enough as it is. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, he wanted to use children. But what they did was they built the set to be slightly bigger. So that they would be more imposing for the child actors, but because they'd already started it, um, they left the sets as they were. So oh, if you look okay. at Suspiria, all the handles are slightly higher up, oh, and everything is slightly sure. bigger. Yeah, so I love that film. Oh, it's, it's superb! I haven't seen the remake yet. Um, I'm sort of what, yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't, um, the, yeah, a friend was, Liam's been to see it, right? And he said um, he he enjoyed it. He thought it was a really interesting take on it. Um, another friend of mine was with him at the time. Um, 
and sat there like as if with a face like a ripped up throughout the entire thing. He just did not look at, he was, he he hated every second of it. So I may have to go and see it just to sort of, um, balance the two. Apparently Tilda Swinton is, um, is it Tilda Swinton? It is, it is Tilda Swinton. Yeah. She's apparently, she's superb in it. She's yeah. absolutely superb in it. So, um, I, don't know, I just like it so much. I mean, I've listened to the new soundtrack. Uh, it's not a patch on the original soundtrack, so it's, it's already not on the best footing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that Goblin soundtrack is um, amazing. Yeah. And I, I do catch myself occasionally sort of, um, <laughs> whenever I'm sort of, uh, I'm particularly if I'm sort of typing away or anything, I do, I'll have it on the background and find myself going, which, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's such a good effect that uh, it's it's superb it is you know and it, you know it's it's prog rock madness yeah yeah and, and which it's and again you can and you can sort of sense a kind of that feel um in this in the soundtrack to, to dead shacks i know you sort of mentioned about the uh about you you know you you having the vinyl and the sort of that that kind of feel to it and i think it's, this is another great example of where soundtrack um, and soundscape make a massive difference to the film. Yeah, without the soundtrack, this film would not be. It wouldn't have the same impact. And the director Peter Rick, he's, it's his band that does the music, Humans. Right. So it, they kind of had the music, the the film and the score are really organic in this. They yeah. happened. Um, they happened together. So he was making the film and writing the music. Yeah. At the same time, kind of John Carpenter style, um, which I mean, anything to do with John Carpenter, I think, is just perfect. So yeah, I mean, he's you <laughs> um, know he, he, his his methods uh, is going to work, isn't it? Oh, I mean, his his influence it is is vast, isn't it? That sort yeah. of you know that synth driven um, score is. I mean, it comes out of necessity, um, but then I think sometimes you know necessity is is the mother of all invention, isn't it? It is that yeah. sort of it, it gives it that sort of feel to it, and I mean, I love and it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Disaster Piece uh, from It Follows as well. Just those little touches in the background and that sort of it, like you said, it's very organic. Yeah. It's yeah, very I, very organic. I've got it follows on Blu-ray. I picked it up from a charity shop for virtually nothing, mm. uh, but I'm yet to watch it. I'm looking forward to seeing that one though. Yeah, well, we um, me and Leighton dived into this one. Very similar to this. Neither of us has seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I've been listening to the soundtrack. Um, this is kind of what I've, this thing that I've started to do now, where I can I, I listen to the soundtrack. Um, for a while and then watch the movie. Yeah. Cause yeah. it kind of, it kind of, in, for me, it kind of in, enriches the whole process. Yes. Kind of, not yeah. that music. It started, I it started a while back when I was watching, uh, I went to the cinema to watch Blade Runner 2049. Mm, mm. Um, and some, something was wrong in the cinema. So it was delayed by like 40 minutes before the movie started. Yeah. Um, and Apple had the um, soundtrack. Ah, um, right, yeah. So I'm sat in the cinema eating popcorn, listening to the Blade Runner 2049 soundtrack, yeah. um, waiting for them to sort out the technical issue so I can watch the movie. Um, and when it came on, and the, that 
magnificent opening piece. Yeah. Um, I'd already listened to that music, so and it just felt even richer kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, where I can, I, I like to listen to the soundtrack a bit first and then jump straight into the movie. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that helps. And I, like I said, I'm a big fan of... Um, I mean, just listen to the just listen to the opening of this podcast. Actually, I'm a big fan of synthwave. I love that 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 feel to it because I think sometimes, particularly with horror and sci-fi to a certain extent, um, it does give it this this feel, and it it, it stretches the that you you feel the, the film's universe sort of expand a little bit. You know exactly what you where you are and what you're going to get. Yeah, definitely. Now, one of the scenes that I still I I I, re, I burst out laughing. Um, and I could see the gag coming, but it's such a good gag. <laughs> was with the drugged wine. Oh yeah, yeah. How good is that? I, I and when the character Roger is sat there, and you see him looking at it, you just know, <laughs> you just know exactly where 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 he's going with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I re- I I thought it's just such a and it's, he plays it his physicality actually. Yeah. is brilliant because to play dead weight um and be dragged around like that is really it's not easy I, yeah i can imagine it's not easy and just to, you know particularly being bumped around because you know low budget there's not an awful lot of safety stuff about so i imagine he sort of uh took a few bump, bumps there but no it's um yeah i love that moment and the the scene obviously where um jason um uh, puts the axe Oh yeah, straight I, through. And the noise that he makes, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like a squeal. Yeah, and yeah. The, you know that practice. And again, I think you know there are some sort of enhanced CG effects, but lots of this is done in camera. Um, and the fact that uh, you know, like I said, that, that that axe hits him, and he says, you know, and, and the first thing he says, "Don't worry, I know first aid." Yeah, yeah. And he, he's almost cleaved him in half. Oh, uh, I love it. And I, I, the bit where you're saying with the, um, with the wine, the drugged wine. Yes. Uh, the great line when, um, Jason, he complains about him being heavy. And yeah. so, uh, she says, all he, d- he's 40. He does nothing but watch cartoon, eat and watch cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> of course he's heavy. I just, the, the delivery of that is the delivery of a lot of the, the jokes in this is really good. Yeah, yeah, and, and what I do, I, it, 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 and again, it's a balancing, um, it's a, it's a balancing act that um, it sort of goes through in the fact that the lots of the gags in this are fairly sort of blunt and sort of very near the knuckle, but it never spills over into being crude. Yeah, yeah, they, it's a fine line, but they do it. Really well. Yeah, and it it, really it, well. it doesn't get it doesn't become offensive. Whereas yeah. there are there are sometimes I think um, a good example of that would be um, blood sucking bastards oh. um, or blood sucking bosses is where it just completely steps over the line and just, just fell. yeah, and it just becomes offensive and it's just offensive. Not for not that I'm a prude in any way, shape, or form, but it's sort of it ju- it's it's just not funny. Yeah, you kind of you kind of feel like, well, why? Yeah, like, you're a bit like, come on. Yeah, this is this is cheap humor doesn't work. Humor needs to be clever. Yes, yeah, and I think um, 
I think, um, and, and sort of Monty Python uh, does it really, 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 really well, where they take a sort of a fairly highbrow high issue or, or idea and tell it in such a sort of lowbrow way. Yeah, yeah. And, and that works really, really well. I'm not saying that, you know, um, a woman storing the the zombified, um, her zombified family and feeding sort of uh, local to them is a highbrow idea, but... The, the sort of yeah. the delivery of this and the sort of you know that idea of that sort of you know the the single father trying desperately to um cling on to his youth raise his family do the right thing and sort of not be lonely uh um, whilst being completely wasted the whole time <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um which is you know and, and it's sort of it, it does very, and like, I think the character of Summer is very, very much the sort of the adult in the entire situation. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Lizzie Boys, who plays Summer, did a really good job. Yeah. Um, really solid and consistent performance throughout the movie. Yes. Um, she doesn't falter uh, at any point, which is impressive, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you'll probably know a lot more than me, but if you've got a... a a budget that tight you've got to get things on the nail and you've got to do them quickly yeah you haven't got a lot of time to sort of you know as i'm about to find out um yeah. <laughs> you haven't got a lot of time to hang around you you've, you know it, it needs to be sort of it needs to be done right um but you can't sort of go you can't you can't pull a kubrick and make somebody walk through a door 52 times no definitely not definitely not no and yeah. i don't and i think from the look of this movie, it looks like large parts of it were probably filmed in sequence as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's probably the best way to go sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, particularly, when you, particularly when you think, hang on, I've got to clean this character <laughs> and yeah. then get him back into this bit. Um, we talked about like the character development in this and it's, it, it's very, very good in establishing the endearing, dysfunctional family. Yeah. Because even though, you know, we said about sort of maybe, you know, the character of Lisa is not the most sort of uh, well-rounded characters and those type of this. She still works within the context of the story. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think she's just a bit, she tries a bit too hard. Sometimes you can, you can kind of smell the acting yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and you're like uh this isn't working quite as well as it should um yeah. but yeah she's a she's a there's kind of um what i liked about it as well is there's subtle running themes like there's the obvious power five that runs through the movie which i thought was a really nice touch yeah um but there, there are other kind of so jason is obviously interested in summer yeah yeah uh, colin really thinks a lot of jason even though he rips the piss out of him yeah <laughs> throughout the movie you can tell that he really you know it's his best mate yeah they're, yeah they're really close and um there's a theme of roger and his numerous you know ex-partners <laughs> yeah. um i just think it's really cleverly done yes uh, it yeah because like we said earlier it's a short runtime but so much happens yeah and and but the pace is always rapid it's just yeah, yeah it's really well done and really well put together and film. what it does as well when we get to um 
the jokes, you know, they spend a lot of time. We spend a lot of time with the characters and the jokes are sort of, you know, at their expense. And it, it doesn't sort of take away our empathy or our sympathy from the characters. Um, but what it does is when we get those really hard, brutal moments in this film, and they are brutal oh, moments. Vicious. Um, the, it, it, it hits, it really, it's quite shocking. Yeah. And it's very, very much that sort of, um, that juxtaposition that we've, you know, we got these laughing, joking characters and then suddenly, um, you know, it, I would say it's like a hammer to the head, but we'll come on to that scene later on. Um, but it's sort of, it, it really is, it's really, really jarring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and while they continue joking. Yes. Uh, the she bitch shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> take down. Um, it's got to be a little bit of a nod to um, Army of Darkness. Oh yeah, completely, completely. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, which I liked a lot. Yes, I like. I love Army of Darkness. I do, yeah. I know some people sort of get a bit snooty around it, but I love Army of Darkness. Yeah, it's, um, it's so cool. I've I just um, it's my young brother's birthday today, and I um, I did him a custom made card with the Army of Darkness front cover. Nice. Uh, just because nice. it's awesome. <laughs> no other <Yeah>. reason. <laughs> I mean, I just finished reading uh, Bruce Campbell's book, um, "If Chins Could Kill." <laughs> um, it's and he, you know he took and listening to him speak about sort of um, small budget filmmaking is really inspirational. It yeah. really, really is. And you know when he talks about Army of Darkness as well, you, you can see where there is that move from small budget in, uh, filmmaking to big budget. Um, yeah. and there's that sort of, and you, you, you get the sense of, there's a little bit of loss. There's a little bit of loss there where they've sort of, whereas they went before they could do whatever they wanted. Yeah. So then having the studio and the money people being around and sort of chipping away. Yeah. Chipping away yeah. at it. And, and, you know, but what I love about this, you clearly don't get that kind of interference on this film. Oh, no. No. And I mean, okay, spoiler alert. So if you're gonna, if you haven't seen Dead Shack now, why are you listening at this point? Pause it, uh, and then come back, watch the film, and then come back to us. Because the scene where Roger is killed oh. at the end is just devastating. It's it's so unexpected. It's just because it is a zombie comedy, a zomcom. Yes, um, and you expect that like Lisa's been killed, um, but she, you kind of accept that, and yes. you're waiting for you want the Hollywood ending, yes. you want the four of them to drive off into the sunset, and then bang, yes, and you're like shit, yes, and it does sort of, and it is a proper oh shit moment um and even when he's got even after he's been stabbed um after sort of you know in fighting with um with lauren holly's character and you think oh god please he's not he's okay he's gonna make it they got the car they've they've gaffer taped him up you know they're getting him out and then bang um and then we come to one probably one of the more shocking moments (laughs) yeah um where summer is going to shoot um you know, shoot Lauren Holly, and then Colin steps over and then drops a sledgehammer to her head and splat. And it is a real 
splat. Yeah. Viscera moment. <laughs> moment. It is just like a watermelon. It just yes explodes, yeah. and it's really it's like because that kind of thing has happened in other movies, but a lot of the time the camera is isn't you no, know it's on not, the head. Yeah, it's, and on this it's yeah it's right there. And you, I think yeah, the, the, and I think what I love about it is that these effects aren't overly polished um there's a bit of a not it feels like a tom savini in his early days yeah it's got that sort of like real um it's got that real feel to it you know this is clearly you know this is this is not cgi this is put together really really well um, yeah I've got, that, I've got that in my notes as well that um if this film had solely relied on cgi it wouldn't have worked no not in any way shape or form um this you know the fact that um this you know the the scene where they you know the um the zombies eating lisa uh and they they they're stabbing it yeah and they're hitting it and then he appears with a shotgun and that and then he says did i did i get him yeah and then suddenly it cuts to the to the head to the body lying there and there's just this this pump of blood yeah the old uh blood spurt yeah and it's got the uh, the great line that Jason has where he says, um, "If the blood's black, what yeah. is it? <laughs> if the, when blood's... the blood's black, there's no going back." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, delivered well and uh, funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, ju- I know it, we can't help but jump around, but right at the start, the opening of this movie. Um, where the guy is trying to escape. He's obviously come round from being drugged, yes. which you learn later. But we've not seen the movie before. When you first come into that scene, it's it's so unnerving. Yes, and, it, it, and like, it's really, really well played. Yeah. It's really well played. Um, and it, you you get you know where you're going with this straight yeah. away. You know exactly where, where you're going with this. Um, yeah. You know, and where she shoots the windows... And walks away. Yeah, menacing. Yeah, Which... yeah. I just the breathing though of the guy because he's drugged. Because I was I was uh, watching this with headphones on. Right. Uh, and oh, it's like guttural. Um, you can tell that he's really struggling. Um, it puts it really put me on edge. Um, the sound of it is yeah is is unnerving. Yeah. It's you know it's that sort of that that heavy sort of like oh my god, um, kind of feel to it. and you you do feel that sort of like you you feel his panic. Yeah, definitely. You feel his panic, and you feel it sort of. Um, you you feel the t- you know the, the fact that he can't move very well, the fact that he can't sort of get away from you. You know he's never going to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, oof, it's yeah. Yeah, you know, and I love the fact that you know she's essentially she is feeding, uh, <laughs> she's feeding yeah. people, you know, to keep her family alive as well. Yeah, because when she's got the bro, um, yeah, she's like, "Come and get your breakfast to the zombies." <laughs> yes, you like that? It's, that's what I mean by her being so just detached from the whole thing of what she's doing. Yes, um, it just makes her all the creepier. Yes. Um, like zombie kids are never, 
you know, no, <laughs> never no. nice to look at. But um, yeah, they, they, they yeah. are creepy. I mean, right from the remake of Dawn of the Dead to Night to the Living, the original Night to the Living Dead, they are just there's something unnerving, isn't there? Yeah, um, yeah. Children how, of the Palm. Anything with children. Yeah, just it's more scary, isn't it? Omen. Well, yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, <laughs> The Exorcist. However. One of the highlights, I think, of 30 Days of Night is the um, the child vampire decapitation scene. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I remember sitting in the cinema watching that and thinking, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's hardcore. That's, it's, all, it's almost a fist pump moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you know, this film is sort of, is, is clearly steeped in, um, in 80 cinema. From the yeah. look of the characters to the setting to the effects to the soundtrack, um, I really, really, really enjoyed this one. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, what are the highlights for you for this film? What are the highlights um, in it? The highlights. Uh, I think the comedy throughout is is well written. Um, gave gave me a lot of laughs. Uh, I saw a few reviews on Imdiba. Um, where people said it was just not funny. Um, and I just think some people need to cheer up a bit. Yes. Um, yeah. it, it, it's, it is really funny. Um, the end, the, the battle at the end, I think is great. It's yes. Really well done. Um, one of my favorite scenes, uh, is when the, the zombies are coming for them. Uh, the zombie is coming for them, sorry. And they fall through the trapdoor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, but in that split second, I'd forgotten about the trapdoor. Yes. And then you think, oh, shit, they're going to, what they're going to do, and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah. It really, really tickled me that. It was really unexpected, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's that sort of, um, um, it's, it's a brilliant sort of um, piece of film theory, actually. Um in the it's um you know the, the idea of showing you something very 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 early on that doesn't have a lot of relevant you know a massive amount of yeah. relevance to the story and then you know it, it pays off later on yeah you know that's that's clever i like that i like that um highlights again um i just roger throughout i just loved his character um the dad jokes the stuff in the um the stuff in the cafe kind of reminded me of my own my own dad, who loves to you know love to pull a one liner. Yeah. Um, so the bigger menus thing, um, my dad would do that. Kind yes. Of thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but Roger, I thought was was great. Um, yeah, but the final scene I think was given the budget, uh, the time frame of the of afforded to uh, putting this film together. And the uh, runtime as well. I think to to get all that in, and there's, yeah. some, there's some wicked kills. Oh, um, there, is, yeah, there are some absolute belters in this. Um, yeah. I think you know Lisa's kill, <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, and it's pl- it, it plays really really well. And I think it's up there with anything from like that's done from Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, um, I think it's right up there with some of the stuff that's done from Shaun of the Dead. Um, particularly the line of you know, like I said, if it's black, there's no going back. Yeah. You know, and you know, did I get her? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a great, it, 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 it's a great scene. It is a great, great, great scene. Yeah. 
So that's your highlight then, the, the Lisa kill. Yeah, oh, that, the, the, there's the Lisa kill. Um, like you said, the, the, you know, the use of Chekhov's gun with the, um, with the trapdoor. Um, I love that. I, it, it, it's just, I'm, I still, I'm still one of these people who, no matter how many times I see it, it's like in the pink, the, one of the pink, which, which pink panther film is it? Where Peter Sellers is on the, he's on the bars, the parallel bars and he swings. Oh, and yeah. he ends up going down the stairs. <laughs> How many times I see that, I still laugh. And it's right up. I know it's very, very juvenile humor, yeah. but that's right up there for me because it's so silly, but yet it's so clever and it's so well executed. Um, yeah, I think I think if you do, if you do, you can do juvenile if it's intelligent enough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Um, what I love about this is there is. You've got sort of like it's it's the the gore in this is is the right type of gore. It's not overly done. It's not sort of um, it's not done in that sort of exploitative kind of way. Um, it's very very you know it, it, it's done for the right reasons and for the right effect. Um, it's I think it's co- it gra- it's graphically violent, but but maintains its its, its fun element yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, like a joke and a kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of it it treads that fine line between the sort of um, between sort of like we said about the you know the, it's homages to his eighties roots, but it treads that fine line between it doesn't come across as like the scouts guides to the zombie apocalypse or zombie lat, but yeah. it's it, it's sort of much darker, uh, much meaner at times. Um, yeah. But I, you know, the I think it's got great humour. It's got great zip to it. Um, it's got wonderful, wonderful performances from it. Um, you know, and I love the fact that you know when they talk about, um, you know, he never said I love you, and he says, well, he used to fart in my face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is sort of you know actually you know a friend of mine. Uh, you know, is the famous story about his father actually doing that to him the one time, <laughs> and, he, and he was violently sick. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. But it's that sort of that idea of sort of somebody really not able to express themselves. Yeah. Um, but still has that 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 that, that amount of care and that love yeah. for his family. But he, can't, he yeah. can't, doesn't. He, you know, he's a big man child, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, you and know. he looks out for Jason as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the bit where he says to him, "You've always been like always been like a son to me." A taller, better-looking son. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that. But he's like he is like the the lovable drunken uncle yeah. throughout the whole thing, and, and like his death is very, very impactful. I think yeah. Lauren Holly as well is a highlight for me. I think she is just sinister. Yeah, um, and I'd like to see her do more roles like this. Yeah, yeah, she was so good at it. Um, and. Going back to the kills and the, and the final scene, I just uh, just remembered the uh, the unicorn stab where he stabs her in the neck with the unicorn. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is one of those progressive themes because they talk the the bros talk about the yeah. unicorns. Uh, Roger talks about the unicorns. What's with all the unicorns? And then uh, the unicorn <laughs> is yeah. used to stab her in the neck. <laughs> well, again, yeah, again, sort of people sort of. Um, People sort of, I think they look at the, they look at the, 
they look at these type of type of films and they sort of see dead shack and the pink neon and the sort of the go and they, and they do forget that actually there is a there's quite a bit of film theory in this and there's quite a bit of clever filmmaking in it. Yeah. You've got you know like I said you've got the use of Chekhov's gun in there. You've got and that that that's repeated throughout. You've got some great zipping dialogue, um, and it's it's a very very clever film. Is it perfect? No, I think sometimes the tonal shift yeah. is quite jarring at times. Yeah. Um, and it goes from that sort of like, ha ha ha, I've just shot the zombie in the head to like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Dad's yeah. dead. It is jarring at times. Um, uh, and that for me is the one bit that sort of goes, ooh, right, ooh, ooh. But, um, I think Peter Richter does a fantastic job with what he's got. Yeah. Um, and the, the cast is, is, is really, really, really good and gives solid performances. Um, so. Is there anything that we've left out? I don't think so. Um, I was just, I was just going to say, when you say about the tonal shift, it's also used to good effect, like from the first scene with that horrific zombie attack. Yes. Uh, and then the next scene is the dro- the, the drone work, uh, panning yeah. over Canada, um, which looks absolutely beautiful. And you think, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just gone from that being, oh, you know, the ripping yeah. flesh and the screams and then, yeah, beauty. And, and, and but, the use of rain as well. Yeah. And the soundscape of the rain falling is, is really, really good. And the fact that, you know, Jason's character is clearly, you know, and, and he, he says about sort of, um, you know, the fact that his, his parents are loaded. And they say, and you know, you know, Colin's answer was, well, so was ours, but he's like, no, yeah. money wise. Yeah. You know, and he's sort of ashamed of that. Um, and that he makes them pick them up from a different house. Yeah. Which yeah. Is a, you know, which is, is a very sort of teenagey, angsty type thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, uh, cause it starts off as well. This is kind of, again, progressing the 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 themes um so initially colin says why don't you ever let me in your house are you embarrassed of me um yeah and and then you get to that later on that he's basically embarrassed of his wealth yeah and just wants to be a normal kid and it's kind of yeah just loads of themes running through it that, that all link up together yeah um i definitely uh i would definitely keep an eye on peter rick I think so. Um, yeah. See what else he gets involved in. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I do think that you know he's a director that will sort of you know has the potential to go on and do some very, very, very good work. I mean, looking at some of what he's done now, he's done a lot of he's done a couple of animated things. Okay. Um, he was in the he did the League of Super Evil from two thousand and nine to two thousand and twelve. <laughs> um, he obviously did Dead Shack. Um, I mean, he's got, you know, there's a, he's got a fair amount of work that he is sort of, you know, that he's, that he's got going here. And we sort of look at it, you know, he's also writing, um, he did, you know, he he wrote Cub Together from 2016. His, you know, so, I mean, he's got a couple of projects coming up. It looks Uh, like one of these, these types that can do a bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to see him, obviously I'd like to see him work in the genre a bit more. I would really, yeah. really like to see him work. And maybe give him a little bit, a bit more money. Not too much, because I think sometimes, you know, too much money in horror can sort of, uh, lead you, uh, can be more of a hindrance. Yeah. Than anything yeah, it's else. It's the, um, it's the second album syndrome, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. First one when you're skin. 
uh, and it's an absolute blinder. And then your next one when you're rich is kind yes. of softer and missing that eye of the tiger. Yes. Or you kind of end up going down some sort of strange dancey route. Yeah. That yeah. nobody ever, no, nobody wants, nobody ever, ever, ever wanted that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think it's a shame. I, people need to ignore, follow, follow my method and ignore ratings and stuff. Cause this has got 5.5 on IMDb. Yes. Um, people are just going to miss it because of that rating. Yes. Um, I think so. I totally agree with you. Totally, totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Going blind, people. Yes. Yes. That is always a good way. Now, here comes the difficult, the crunch moment. Yes. Scores. What, where would you score this one? So, as I've probably mentioned too many times, rating is not really something that I like. No. Um, but it's part of the Undead Wookiee podcast. Yeah. <laughs> finale, undead so. Wookiee syndrome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would give this a... Solid eight. Oh, excellent. Nice. I would come in probably a little bit lower and give it a 7.5. Only because I think sometimes the, the sort of the transition between those sort of like the, the, those big moments, even though they sort of, they're impactful and they work, they work reasonably well. I think they're too jarring and it takes away. And I think sometimes, I think Lisa, the characters Lisa and Colin, could have been rounded out a little bit more, which would have given it a solid. Would, would probably push this up me for me a burn about an eight, uh, yeah. maybe an eight point five. But they just kind of just almost derail it at times. Yeah, they they some of Colin's lines, although brilliant, are delivered poorly, and it's a yes. bit of a shame because the line itself is spot on. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, it, it, it's the right line, just delivered. Yeah. Yeah, a nanosecond off. I I get you on the seven point five, but one thing that I put in my notes, which really sticks with me, is if I'd watched this years and years ago with my mates and brothers, like we used to all get yeah piled on the sofa, this would be a repeat a repeat viewing, and we would quote the hell out of it. Yeah, 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 guarantee. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Hundred yeah, percent. I give it that extra point five just for, <laughs> for its its nostalgic um, developing merit. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that I think you may have coined a new syndrome there. I think that's fantastic. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think we, I mean, in fact, we, we have you know we've been talking now for for the best part of an hour about this. Yeah. Um, I think we've covered it. I, I I would recommend this. I would definitely say get yourselves out there and what and get the DVD. Watch it on Shudder. Just watch it. Experience this film because it is definitely worth well worth a look. Definitely, definitely. I second that. And listen to the soundtrack as well. Yes, I'm going to try and get my hat. Actually, I mean, I mean, I can feel a purchase coming on at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah do it's it. The one thing with this podcast, it has cost me a fortune. Oh, uh, it cost me a lot as well, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hall. Yeah, well, yeah, my wife says exactly the same thing. Uh, Mr. Hall, thank you so much for being on. I really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your Sunday and joining us on this one. And first and foremost, bringing this film to my attention. Oh, you are welcome. Thanks very much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. And you're welcome back anytime. I'm sure we'll have you back very, very soon. I want to be on the Jaws. 
Yes, we'll get you. We, we, we're working on that one. We're working yeah. on bringing everybody together. Yeah, so, what a film. Yes, yes, definitely. So, once again, thank you so much for being on it. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, mate. Thanks Take for having me. Take care now. Ta, my good man. Bye bye. Ta-da. Okay, I want to say a big thank you to Darren, and I'm sure he will be back with us very, very soon. Okay, now before we dive into what the Wookiee watched, um, I've got a couple of thank yous. Uh, to dish out to people who have gone to the GoFundMe page, who have left um, donations, big, small, doesn't matter. Um, I just need to say, honestly, I am so humbled. I appreciate everything um, that you are doing uh, to help me fund this film. Uh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to share this with you. So what I would like to do is very, very quickly is give some shout outs to some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people out there who have helped massively. I want to say a big thank you to David Charlesworth, uh, Paul Maskell, um, Richard Roundtree. Now, I am sure... At some point, I have, you know, I may have missed anyone out. Um, if I have, I apologise, but I will make sure that very, very soon I will give a massive shout out to everybody who has donated. Um, of course, everybody who uh, donates gets a shout out on the show and also gets a very, very special thank you in the credits. Um, honestly, I am completely humbled. Um, I appreciate everything that you guys have given. Um, thank you. If you could spread the word, um, share, come to our um, Instagram page, our Facebook page, our production for the production. Um, you know, don't forget the Undead Wookie page, of course. And if you could share that, um, and even if you do feel like leaving, just a you know a pound, even if it's a pound, we'll take it. Honestly, every little bit helps. Okay, now it's time for. What the Wookiee watched, and up first we have got the class of 1999 from 1990. Let's check out the trailer. In 1998, six million violent incidents took place in American high schools including 29,927 teacher fatalities. The public school system has been reduced to a battlefield. But the Board of Education has just found a solution. The perfect solution. You're next, Mr. Cope. For the class of 1999. Where are you? The class of 1999. We're supposed to educate the students. Battle droids, Miles. Battle droids. To graduate is to survive. That is a superb trailer. I love it. It's I, I it's just it's just brilliant. Um this is, I've talked about this film before previously. However, it's getting a really good uh, Blu-ray release uh, by the people of Vestron. Um and I've been fortunate enough by my good friends over at Witchfinder PR. They've provided me with a sneak peek of a couple of the films that we're going to talk about uh, here uh, on what the what you watched. And Class of Nineteen Ninety Nine is is one of my favourites. I love it. It it just harkens back to those wonderful straight to video sort of. You look at the cover, 
you're drawn in and you just every now and again you find that sort of that wonderful nugget that golden that that, that great great film that sort of sticks with you um like i said this was in from 1990 it stars bradley craig tracy lind uh the mighty Mal- malcolm mcdowell the powerful stacy keach rocking the albino look in this with a mullet to die for um patrick kilpatrick is in this the wonderful Pam Greer, the great character actor John P. Ryan, and Joshua John Miller. Now, some of you will remember Joshua John Miller from uh, Near Dark, where he plays the young vampire in that. Great, great, great film. And this is this. Um, And essentially what we've got in this is you've got uh, a set of robot uh, android, I suppose, yeah, android teachers um, sent to try and tame the behaviour of a gang-ridden area um, sent in by the Department of Education and Defence. I love the fact that they combined the two of those for this film. Being a teacher, kind of know what that feels like. Um, This was directed by Mark L. Lester. It was written by Mark L. Lester. Um, It is um, a sort of... I suppose it's an indirect follow-up to his uh, first feature film, The Class of 1984. Um, however, he flipped it round, uh, whereas in Class of 84, the um, the pupils were after the teachers. In this one, it's the teachers after the pupils. What is great about this is the Blu-ray for this has really, really cleaned up that picture. Um, and you get to appreciate the special effects. Um, and you get to, this is such a and it's such a wonderfully gory film in that sort of fantastically cartoonish way. It's I love it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um <laughs> and the you know some people may say oh well, well they look a bit dated but actually they fit perfectly for this film um the special features on this blu-ray are excellent you've got an audio uh, audio commentary by mark lester you get a school safety uh sort of uh vignette where you've got interviews with the director and the producer um it's, there's loads on there's tv spots still galleries um future of discipline an interview with uh the director of photographer on there it's a really really good blu-ray and it is the Vestron collection is definitely one for collectors. I know that I'm, uh, I, I'm definitely going to be buying this um, de- when it comes out. Definitely, and it is going to be coming out on February the twenty fifth, um, and you can get it from Amazon. So uh, keep your eye out for that. It is definitely worth it as a film. It, like I said, this is ju- it's just the right side of silly. Um, there's plenty of action. There's plenty of gore. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And for me, it's a seven and a half out of 10. And if you're a collector and a bit of a nerd like me, you've got to have it in your collection. Okay. Up next, we have got the unholy (laughs) from 1988. Let's check out the trailer. St. Agnes, a place of prayer and peace, spirit and salvation. Now this sacred place is a sanctuary for evil. Who do you think killed Emily? A priest hater. Welch, father. Something is happening. Some kind of sacrifice. It's real and I need your help. 
You don't believe in the devil? Or else you say he doesn't live in New Orleans. What do you believe? Temptation turns to terror. Ever had a woman for you? I will not break my vows! Unleashed. Unrelenting. Oh, I don't think that trailer could get any more 1980s, could it? That voice, you haven't got a prayer. It's brilliant. I love it. That's what trailers should be, ladies and gentlemen. Not showing you the best parts of the film. That's what a trailer should be. (laughs) Again, this is uh, due out on the 25th of February from Vestron and their collection series. Um, Again, the Blu-ray release of this is very, very good. The picture is excellent. There's some brilliant special features on here. Um, And essentially what we've got here in The Unholy is a priest battling a demon that kills sinners in the act of sinning. It stars Ben Cross, um, wonderful, uh, the late uh, Hal, Hal, Hal Holbrook, a fantastic character actor, really, really great character actor, uh, Ruben Rabassa and Nicole Fortier, uh, Peter Frachetti, the wonderful Ned Betty pops up in a small sort of role as the as Lieutenant Stern. Um, it also stars William Russ. Of Boy Meets Girl fame. And Jill Carroll also pops up in this one. It was directed by Camilo Villa. Uh, It was written by uh, Philip Jordan. And uh, Fernando Fonseca. So, uh, this film um, is very, very 80s. You know, even though it's 88 and it's coming towards you. It's very, very 80s. Um, There's lots of smoke. Um, It's very, very highly stylized. Um, there are times when it does feel a little bit like a TV movie, the way in which it's shot, um, but it is very, very cool. Um, the, the soundtrack, there's, there's touches of a little bit of sort of uh, Fright Night when you listen to the main theme. Uh, it's, you know, Ben Cross is, is, is excellent in the lead role. Um, he keeps it together nicely. Um, there's a lot of boobies in this. <laughs> there are a lot of boobies in this. Um, everybody smokes. Everybody smokes in this. Um, the The big villain in this is um, this this demon that preys on priests, essentially um, on a, on you know on the build up to Easter. Um, I really really enjoyed this. Um, it's a it's a really really good film, um, and it and again it just has that sort of it. I remember watching this when I was younger and just and, and sort of just just sort of enjoying it um watching it you know again going to um i think i think it was victoria videos where i picked this up in abadea so i mean that's a very very specific but i remember picking it up and seeing the cover and the red on the cover and thinking oh my god this is gonna be terrifying um there's some great gory scenes in this the scene uh where one of the characters essentially vomits his entire stomach contents out is very, very impressive. Uh, I think Fulci himself would have been impressed by that. 
Um, again, there's some great features on it. There's a great commentary from the director. Um, it's got uh, parts of the score from uh, composer Roger Bellon, who's. I think it's a great score. It's one of. The, I think it's a little bit of those sort of forgotten gems, really. Um, the picture's been cleaned up really, really well. Um, it's available, like I said, on Blu-ray from February the 25th, and you can pick it up from Amazon. And this is a. I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and I would give this a seven and a half. Out to ten. Okay, up next we have got Parents from 1989. Let's check out the trailer. Coming soon, Randy Quaid, Mary Beth Hurt, Sandy Dennis, and director Bob Balaban bring you a fresh look at family life. Hi. The Lemley family is moving up in the world. Rise and shine. But something is eating at young Michael Lemley. You're not scared of your room, are you? Michael, the cellar's dark. Everything's dark at night. His parents think Michael's problem is in his head. But Michael knows it's on his plate. What are we eating? Leftovers, honey. Leftovers from mom. <laughs> from the refrigerator. We have leftovers every day since we moved here. I'd like to know what they were before they were leftovers. Before that, they were leftovers to be. Michael, there's nothing to be frightened of. Now, there's a new name for terror. Parents. Bedtime. Okay, that was the trailer for Parents from 1989. Um, and i got to admit, before um, watching this, um, so I must, again, thank the people of Witchfinder PR. I really, really appreciate you sending me this. Um, I hadn't seen it. I'd seen, I remember what, seeing the the cover in the in, in the video shop. Um, and again, this is a Vestron uh, release. Um and not so, and for some reason never got around to watching it. But I am so so grateful that you guys uh, sent me this because it's superb. It's really really superb. Essentially, um, it's a young boy living in 1915, 1950s suburbia, and he suspects that his parents are cannibals. It stars Randy Quaid, Mary Beth Hurt, Sandy Dennis, uh, Brian Modosky, and it stars Deborah Rush, Graham Jarvis. And it was directed by Bob Balaban. Now, Bob Balaban, of course, is famous for uh, working with Christopher Guest. Um, he was in, um, you know, he was he's he's a writer, he's a director. Um, he was, you know, he's done some wonderful, wonderful things. And the um, this film is very, very Lynchian. It's very, very David Lynch uh, meeting with John Waters. This has. This wonderful feel of Americana, but like Lynch at his best, um, and like when Waters is poking fun of. But when you just scratch the surface, there is a very, very dark underbelly to it. Um, Randy Quaid um, is absolutely superb in this, as well as uh, Mary Beth Hurt. And it's it's just it's a deeply unsettling film. There's some black humour in it, however. Um, this is very, very dark. 
Um, and like I said, Randy Quaid is gives a, gives an absolutely towering performance in this. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly over. And when they refer to things as being leftovers, it's it, it's just it, it's so sinister. It is so, so sinister. And there are moments in this way you are left wondering, is this in the child's imagination? Is this actually happening? Um, all of this to this wonderful sort of easy listening score. Um, you get one of my favourite Dean Martin songs, um, you know, Sweet, Sweet, The Memories You Gave to Me. I, that pops up. And there's something sort of the contrast in that, actually. Um, and the, the the fact that, that this has this wonderful 50s mise-en-scene throughout. Um, all the cars in this look absolutely beautiful. They look stunning. Um, it's, a, it's a great, great, great film. Um, and I think it is definitely underappreciated um, and should definitely be seen. And I want to thank the people of Vestron for um, for releasing this. The Blu-ray of this is spot on. It is absolutely spot on. The um, the special features on this are great. Um, you get Bob Balaban and producer Bonnie uh, Palif. And it's, it's, honestly, this is definitely one... Um, one for the collectors. This really, really is. I think it's a must-own, actually. Um, and I just... It, it's one of those things where you just sort of... Randy Quaid is so good in this. He's just so good. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. For me, Parents is an eight and a half out of ten. So, ladies and gentlemen, our time draws to an end. I want to say thank you for Darren for being on. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who has uh, donated. Like I said, don't forget to get yourselves over to SoundCloud and over to iTunes. Uh, leave us some reviews. Um, honestly, thank you guys. I'm 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 really really humbled. I've got some great episodes coming up. I've got some great people coming on. Uh, you know, all the regulars will be here at some point. Mister Winston will be back. The Lethal One will be back. Peter will certainly be joining us. Uh, I'm sure Gidget will pop up as well. So we've got this, you know, the, all the regulars will be here very, very soon. Um, but look out for some bonus episodes that we've got coming up. I've got some great interviews lined up with some fabulous actors and some directors. So I can't wait to share them with you. So, in the immortal words of Count Dracula, good night out there, whatever you are.
This is Al from Cadavercast. You've been listening to the Undead Wookie. The bad